Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters and everything else in between. And what an eventful week we've had. Well, weekend especially. It's been our, we've just celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary. By Sal. 22 years of wedded bliss. And of course, I use the word bliss very loosely. Very, very loosely. But uh, yeah, we've had, uh, I think it's a landmark wedding anniversary. You know, two in, decades and two years. In bingo parlance, mm-hmm. it's what? Two fat ducks, two little ducks. Fat 20, ducks? Are you trying to say something? 22, two little ducks. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the box we've crossed out on the bingo slip. And uh, there's, uh, especially as you said, I mean, uh, talking about eventful weekends, there's been a lot of action in the world of sport. Uh, there's been book launches that we've gone to, plays that we've seen, and of course, not to forget 20 years of 9-11 as well. So we'll be talking about um, all of that. Let's start so with... So it's a busy week. It's been a busy week. Very busy week, very busy, culminating in a busier weekend. Let's start with the 22 years of wedded bliss. कहाँ से शुरू करूँ is not so important but कहाँ पर आज आप हैं is my question to you are you the sort of person now we've been married 22 years we've probably known each other 25 we've been parents for it's okay no need to rub it in yeah but are you the sort of person who makes long term plans do you think not just shaadi ke mamle mein but do you actually look at life and think ki 5 saal mein mujhe ye karna hai 10 saal mein i should be here by the time i am 50 or 60 or 70 these are my goals that i definitely need to take i can't understand why someone who's been married to me for 22 years is asking me this question do you not know me yet only for the benefit of the podcast i don't know what's happening tomorrow yeah that's true but you know it reminds me of um, a very famous french president Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Nicolas Sarkozy here. Did he not once say that if by the time you're 50 and you don't own a Rolex, you haven't made it? Oh dear. Let's let's just uh, put it that way. It wasn't a paid partnership with Rolex, was it? We never checked. No, but anyway, in my defense, um I'm not into Rolexes, you know. Panerai, IWC, Breitling, that kind of stuff. And Sonal man, he um um shaadi ke wedding anniversary mein tohfa dete hain. And I believe that um, watches are a very common gift. Yeah, in 22 years, I believe copper is the theme for the 22nd wedding anniversary. Copper as in, uh, copper as in uh, copper pipe. Yeah, copper pipe. Or I was copper dog I, is a whiskey. Yeah, or uh, a minted edition of David Copperfield, if our local Oxfam has it. Well, I better just Google if they have copper-plated uh, Patek Philippe watches. In your dreams, I'm sure they do. But yeah, 22 years, and it's it's been. Um, I think it's been quite amazing, uh, ish, in the sense that we say, have all the ups you and downs. Say what you want to say. Don't yeah. just uh, hide it. Don't just no, brush it aside. No, we've had all the ups and downs that everyone does. Every couple uh, does. I'm pretty sure. And uh, well, still standing. What is that? A, is it an Elton John song? Isn't it? Is it? An Elton John I'm song. still standing. Um, ups and downs, more ups or more downs. No, I don't know. It was that for another podcast. Yeah, it evens out at the end. It all levels out. Uh, but um, so we started out by celebrating our we- wedding anniversary, and um, <laughs> you're struggling to think of things to say. I see. Today. No, I'm trying to think of what is the first. Look, if you can't be complimentary, planned. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it's all right. If I, listen, if I can't be honest after 22 years, what chance does this marriage even have? But no, it's been fantastic. And to celebrate our 22nd wedding anniversary, we uh, did something that both of us enjoy tremendously, which is go and watch a play in London's West End. Yeah, we saw a play in West End, and 
You beat me to it. You actually saw two plays this I week. I did. Yeah. Well, one wasn't a play. One was a book launch. We'll get to that later. But we saw a brilliant play, Prince of Egypt. And I think every time we watch something in the West End, uh, it brings home the fact that uh, the London stage is something spectacular and special. A, a massive cast, about 40 people. Yeah. You know, when everyone's singing, especially when there's a musical and everyone's singing together, it is quite... Uh, Mix your wrong take. Yeah, That's and it was an iconic theatre as well, the Dominion. So we did that whole, you know, like pre-theatre shenanigans and then really had a great day out. Let's put it that way. And one of the big advantages of being married for 22 years, we've now got children who are quite independent and capable of looking after themselves. So we don't have to arrange for either uh, the, uh, people to come and babysit them or constantly worry about, have they done this? Have they done that? Uh, Why you did is that's exactly what you did in the interval. No. You phoned them up and said, have you had this? Have you done this? Have you opened the fridge? Have you put this no, away? That's just kind of checking up on, not so much checking up, but just reminding them uh, what they needed to do. But I think that was that was a very special day, very beautiful day. Yeah. While, while you're making me stand in the queue for some Havindas. Yeah. It's part of the theatre experience. I can't believe how small the pots are. Anyway, that's a different story. And the other the pots thing... pots of ice cream, that is, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> in case anyone thinks that I was uh, talking about the loo. <laughs> Too much information. But uh, there are a couple of things. Do you know, I've heard of these Toto uh, loos. There are these uh, Japanese loos that mm. do everything. I don't want to get any details, but after you've kind of cleaned yourself, mm. this hot air comes up and dries you as well. But anyway, that's a different story. That is a completely different story. It's definitely not another podcast. But there are a few things, a few rituals that you must indulge when you're at the theatre. Uh, Hagendas uh, interval ke time pe. We're only saying Hagendas because that's what they had. I'm sure other ice creams are available. And buying the program as well, which you read only for the first five minutes, and after that you have no idea where these programs disappear. Once in a while, when we do a thorough spring clean of the house, that's when we find about tons of them. You didn't actually know that this was a. Uh, it's not a Disney. I think it's a DreamWorks mm. Pixar kind of movie. Mm. I didn't know it was a film as well, but it was brilliantly done. So, uh, Prince of Egypt, back at the theatre in post-COVID times, it's all good. You know, speaking of returning to old rituals in a post-COVID world, like going to the theatre, like you mentioned, I went for a book launch as well, a very special book launch. This was at the Apollo Theatre as well, where normally plays hote, musicals. Hote. And this was, of course... For anyone outside London, this is all in the heart of London. One is in um, Tottenham Court Road, Oxford Circus. Yeah. One is... In Shaftesbury, one Piccadilly. Is in Piccadilly. Yeah. These are the big theatres, big iconic theatres. Now, I went for Jay Rayner's book launch. Would you like to tell everybody who Jay Rayner is in case people, people are yeah, kind of Jay scratching Rayner's their very, heads? I think he's very England-specific. He's mm. a food critic. He writes for The Guardian, The Observer. Yeah. And, um, he calls himself a journalist I, as well. I think he's uh, sometimes comes on as a judge on MasterChef as well. Yes, he does. And he's someone that... Uh, he's, he loves his food. He loves his food. I've been following... We've both been reading his food columns for a long time. I'm a big fan of his writing. And I think... As with anyone else, whether they're reviewing films or restaurants, if you have the gift of the gab, then you make it that much more exciting. You know, even if you're not really into the dish they may be describing or the movie they may be talking about. Jay Rayner is one of those people, I feel. And he's our generation. That helps as well. He actually has a food podcast as well. He does. Uh, so he was launching his new book, uh, Chewing the Fat, and he decided to do a Q&A in a theatre. 
एंड सो आई वेंट अलॉन्ग एंड इट वॉज फैंटेस्टिक एक चीज जो मुझे बहुत पसंद आई यू नो पुराने जमाने में इफ यू वेंट टू अ लाइव कॉन्सर्ट इफ द ऑडियंस हैड द चांस टू पार्टिसिपेट एंड इफ द ऑडियंस वॉज गिवन द चांस टू आस्क अ क्वेश्चन यू नॉर्मली हैव प्रेजेंटर और एन एंकर हुड पास अ माइक अराउंड this time round it was my first time being a part of a book launch where we could be interactive by logging into an app live and posting our questions which means you could ask questions anonymously and naturally as is the case with so many people you know they ask the rudest and meanest questions things that make you laugh this uh book launch was actually hosted by a comedian joe brand hosted joe brand yes so i'm i'm just imagining it must have been quite rude anyway yeah i mean they're both quite uh the odd swear word here and there the odd but yeah it was it was funny and it was done in the right spirit and so we could all ask pose questions and they would come up on a screen naturally they were being filtered for bad language and things like that so it was it was fascinating because that is when i feel no matter how much you've prepared for the evening because he ended up reading a few passages from his uh, new book and there were joe brand had two three papers in front of her because she knew what she was going to ask him no matter how much you've prepared for the evening it is the live questions that are coming through your response to those that is what brings out the true journalist or writer or whatever it is and it, that is what gives us an insight into who he is as a man as a person when the mask comes off it was absolutely fascinating and you brought me another book uh, the other day by jiren and not chewing the fat was it uh, the last supper right the last something the last, last supper, supper. Yeah. my last supper and usme bhi you know the stories are absolutely fascinating you would think that he is a man who loves his food and he's just talking about showing off talking about his wonderful experiences eating oysters here and this there and the best champagne and the best wine and all of that wo sab bhi hai but it also gives you an insight into what he's done his stats there he's done his homework you know i always remember while reading his columns he always makes a point of saying that he always pays for his meals mm. which is very important i think if you're going to be a critic yeah you know once you start getting f- freebies which i think all the top critics do to yeah, be able yeah. to once maintain you your freebies, integrity then you can't yeah you know, said you can't maintain your integrity yeah you can't be unbiased then right so and he was so he has in his book my last supper where he's looked back on his life and he's you know talking about things that he would like to have as his last meal he's also talking about um he's looked at the stats and i think this is mostly from america about prisoners on death row and meals that they order generally order and it's amazing to see how many times kfc Let me guess, is it thing like uh, kfc yeah. comfort food mcdonald's and kfc and all crops up he says of course there's no way of knowing whether they eat all of it but they're given one last chance to have a meal that they would like just as they're given a share and you know it's like a dignified whatever but nonetheless these are murderers and people who are on death row so It's a book that talks about so much more than just food, which is what I love. That's not the only thing you did. Um what else did I do? You went to see a cricket match? I did. I did. We were talking about this being a fascinating weekend of sport. Let's start with the cricket. Mere ko to utna hame utni jankari hai nahi, although urti urti khabar aati hai kaano mein. Yeah, because um the final test, hmm. the the final one was supposed to be played on Friday that yeah. just passed, but it's got cancelled because of all sorts of covid. restrictions and complications i think one of the physios got it mm. not quite sure what's happening mm. there's another line saying that india wants to run back because the ipl is about to start in very, dubai uh, very soon in 10 days or something mm. so that's one angle that people are 
trying to say that that's why India is very keen to go back. Hmm. Well, I doubt it. I think they wanted to win and win with style and go back. What's the final score then? Where has it settled? Have they beaten? It's, Have they drawn? It was 2-1. Hmm. This match is probably, probably going to be, pay, be played again. Hmm. Maybe next year. There's a little window hmm. where um, India is back in England hmm. next year. To come and complete the yeah. series. So, I mean, that's what I've heard. Mm. I'm sure someone will correct us. Yeah. So I was there at the fourth test on the third day of the fourth test. Now, I know there's two types of people. People who go to watch cricket. Yeah. And people who go there for the hospitality when That's they're right. invited. That's right. I was, in, I was invited. I was lucky enough to be invited to one of those really, really cushy hospitality boxes. And so, uh, the, the people in the box with you, are they like cricket fans or were they just there to khaupi or majokaro? No, I think there was a mix. As you rightly said, there are people who are there to uh, network, uh, to say hello to their friends and get a bird's eye view of the proceedings. It really is beautifully uh, positioned. And then there are those who are avid cricket fans. So beach, you know, like you get a menu, khana is served and, you know. By the way, this was at the Oval. This was at the Oval. So I, I caught up with a lot of my friends, media friends, which was fantastic. And I got to watch the cricket as well, which I have seen several times before. I mean, you've been to the Lord so many times, once with my father. I've been to the Lord so many times. It was my first time at the Oval. And every time you watch cricket live, there are two things that hit you. First, when you're used to watching it on, on TV, I think the outfield looks like it's miles and miles. It isn't. It's quite an intimate space. And when you look at the wicketkeeper, TV he's standing right behind the batsman, especially if there's a stumping. You know, you feel that he's just there waiting to nudge the bail off. But in real life, especially if it's a fast bowler bowling, the wicketkeeper is some distance away. You know, he's, he's quite some distance away. This happens with all sports. I remember the first time I went to see horse racing. Huh. The speed at which the horses go past you and the mud flying, its it just... Blows your mind. So you mean for dresses like the Ascot, you dress up, you take all the time to look your best and wear your hat and your fascinator and this and that and sip your champagne all for that one nanosecond of horses actually. Yeah, unless they're doing the circuit twice. But And the same thing with them cycling once. I saw this, um, it wasn't the Tour de France, but it was something similar. Mm. And they just whizzed past you. Mm. It was, it was great. I was just going to remind you that I think two years in succession or maybe three and you didn't know this was happening at all. It was completely unplanned. You ended up being in West End when they had the nudist bike ride. Oh, yeah. it, was it two or three years running? <laughs> it was two years. If you make, don't make it sound like it's three years running. I went there just by <laughs> chance. I'm saying. No, it's not three successive years, but three times on three occasions, you happen to be in West End when it happened to be the day. Obviously, it happens in the summer. So it, it Yeah, no, I, I think the first time we were surprised, but suddenly all these nude cyclists went past me. Huh. And I thought, hey, something is going on. Hmm. Yeah, everyone is cheering and clapping. And some people just crossing the road and doing their shopping. And they did a huge, they did the whole of London, I think. Is it for some cause or is it just for fun? I'm not sure. I think it's obviously it must be for some cause. What cause can it possibly be? be? Allow know. us to be free. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I was going to say it might be for some cancer charity or something, but I don't know. So I don't want to say those sort of things. Mm. Maybe they are just doing it because they're exhibitionists. Yes. Let's look at the other two stories from the world of sports. Should we talk about the biggest one, which is Emma Raducanu and tennis? Or you want to talk about your favorite, Lewis Hamilton, uh, being involved in a horrific crash with his, very lucky. with his nemesis Verstappen. Yeah, the, the, so you can see how live this is because this all happened yesterday mm. evening mm. and uh, we're recording on a Monday morning. Yeah. 
So it is, uh, as we've always said, Formula One sport is one of Let's those things where... Let's talk about the tennis first because right. she was amazing. Mm. And we also know that, unfortunately, Djokovic didn't manage to get his 21st Grand Slam. Mm. So Emma Raducanu, I mean, suddenly we were told, those in the UK found out, I think it was Sunday, Saturday morning we found out that they were actually going to show the match live because it was such a historic moment. Kudos to Channel 4. Yeah. I think they paid something like a million to Prime Video. Mm. But Absolutely worth it. I Absolutely think, worth I it. Everyone was watching Channel 4 that night. Yeah, and and such a beautiful moment, I feel. When you see someone who's... you Literally, you see her fulfill her dream. And you see there's someone who's who knows her craft, who's been so good, who's placed consistently well. And she's just, you know, one hurdle away from achieving her ultimate dream. It was a very exciting match. I think Leila Fernandez was amazing as well mm. that's what made it amazing right because even her opponent was she was well matched and what is really it's not weird mm. but it makes you think twice is the fact that they're both born in 2002 yeah how young is that and all the tennis greats who were commentating from martina nevratilova to tim henman to everybody else they were saying that you know forget about the fact that we were nowhere near where Emma Raducanu is when we were that age. But the fact that her game doesn't really have any flaws, you know, if she, all of them have the same concern. Two things. Firstly, that her world will completely change overnight and she'll be inundated with sponsorship offers and this and that. Today's paper actually says that she's on course, in line, mm -hmm. to make a billion. A billion, did you say? Yeah. Hmm. A billion. A billion dollars or pounds or whatever it is. She will be the because yeah. she's, got a, she's got a beautiful smile as well. Yeah. So that's what they say, that she needs to have a core team that can take care of all of that and protect her from this, from the financial aspect of what success on a global stage means so that she can concentrate oh, on yeah, her I, game. I remember hearing that. And the other worry is, of course, injury. Injury. That all sportsmen worry about. If she can, you know, maintain her health and fitness and continue to play at the level that she's playing right now, the world is her oyster. That reminds me of probably someone who has defied everything, and mm. that is Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. He came back this weekend mm. for Manchester United at the age of 36. Which for a footballer is quite old, which right? Which is very old for a footballer. Mm. And he scored two goals as well. Mm. I mean, he just breaks records after records. Yeah, now, we, could, we could have a whole podcast on... Who is the actual goat? Is it Messi or Ronaldo? But you have to hand it to him. Mm. And I believe he is the most followed person, the most followed human being on Instagram. Is he? Yes. He, he's, he has the most number of followers. It's a ridiculous number, but then I'm sure uh, he deserves every bit of his glory. And when you look at somebody like Emma Raducanu, Especially when our son is not that much younger than her. That's when, it, yeah, that's when it really puts you, everything falls into perspective and you think how young she still is and how wonderful it must be. And you know, the, the next morning, Sunday morning, they went to her tennis uh, academy where she trained all her life in Orpington, was it? No. Uh, Bromley in Kent. Bromley. And that's what the coaches said that, you know, of course, the world is waking up to the magic of Emma Raducanu now, but we've known for so many years that she really had it in her and she consistently worked towards These kids, you know, they, they're kind of discovered when they're like six, seven, aren't they? Mm. Mm. I think she, she was, she was already played uh, Leila Fernandez once before as a junior when she was 15. Mm. So, you know, and Jesse, football mums, do you think there might be tennis mums as well? There must, there be, must right? be, right? Of course. 
so football moms i mean uh, and football dads i suppose are those who take their children to in come rain or shine throughout their growing up years every weekend they we take them many, to these we had many friends who did that games and matches yeah we we've not done our kids have never played anything consistently we've done our share of taking them for swimming and this and that matches and birthdays and all the rest of it that primary school is all about but uh, yeah i mean it must be a proud moment for the parents mujhe ajeeb laga do that her parents have not spoken yet nobody's been able to secure an interview from her parents yet so i'm waiting to see i'm know. sure they will uh, they have to pay a lot of money probably ha huh? for exclusive because she said something which made me chuckle she said that my father it's is very hard to please but last night when i spoke to him i mean, naturally this time round he was impressed she also spoke to one of the tv channels in mandarin hmm. because her mom is chinese which is amazing which is amazing it always impresses us when children speak a language that they normally wouldn't speak uh, in this country um okay so let's wrap up with 20 years of 911 saturday uh, was 20 years of um, oh, yes. a tragedy yes. that shook the world and changed the world really and for our generation at It's least it's one of those moments where people say where were you you know where mm. were you when jfk got shot where were you when uh, john lennon john lennon yeah mm. Where were you in 1983 when Ronald when McDonald invented the chicken McNugget? Yeah, forget that. Uh but it is one of those defining moments in history. I think for our children that might be where were you when covid struck. Mujhe lagta hai. Lekin 9/11 20 years have gone by in a flash and incidentally it's a day before our anniversary when it happened we'd been married just short of 2 years. Um where were you? Tell me, a, what do you remember? I know what you want to say. Why don't you tell everyone that we were, even though it was our wedding anniversary mm. one day before, mm. we were in two different countries. That's right, because we'd come, we'd well, we got married in India. We lived in India uh, for a bit. We'd come here to see if we could move here. Yeah, and you'd come back home. For you, it was coming yeah, back home, and you had to get a spouse visa. I had to, so go, had to go back. Yeah. So at, on, on our second wedding anniversary, you were in London. I was in Delhi. What were you doing when you found out about nine eleven? Let's put it that way. Think back to that day. When uh, did you first hear about it? What happened? I, I know it was all over the news. We were just all stunned. I was actually at home that day. Hmm. And um, what did you hear crazy. it on the radio? Did you watch it on television? Uh, I, I can't remember how I suddenly just heard it. So someone said, "Have you seen the news?" Hmm. And then you switch on the news. Hmm. Must have heard on the radio first and switch on the news. And we were just transfixed. Hmm. And how was it for you there in India? Yeah, for us it was late evening. because it was i think 9 o'clock america so for us it was already late afternoon not late evening late afternoon and i remember i'd gone to do a voice over and somebody mentioned that you know there's been a plane crash in america and as you normally and somebody must have turned because it was a tv channel someone turned on the television and we were like oh oh my god shocking you know how tragic and just imagine you know the people on the plane and the people in that building and then everybody kind of went do, back to work because i do remember i was watching it live hmm and at the time you didn't really know what was happening yeah because i remember watching and now there's been another plane that is when i think everyone a chill set in everyone's heart because you knew it was premeditated the first one you had no idea about the pentagon you had no idea about the fourth plane the first one was just it looked like an extremely unfortunate tragedy so you know we saw the first one everybody was talking because everybody was talking about it This is pre obviously 20 years ago pre Twitter times otherwise we could say it was trending and so the whole world came to know that is how people find out breaking news these days but it was only after a full day's work when i went home and i saw that my dad was still glued to the television saying that did you hear about the second plane and the third i think that is when it was only after 3 4 hours had passed that people realized that this was not just a freak accident this was a planned terror attack and i think for all of us 
Travel rules changed. The way America retaliated changed world politics. So much changed. Uh, and your heart goes out to the people. It's There have been documentaries after documentaries, especially commemorating 20 years of 9-11. There's one I saw which said the president's war room. Absolutely bone-chilling, you know. Strange, actually, because the, the other great terror attack that took place, again, we were in two different countries. Hmm. Uh, what was 26th of November in uh, Mumbai? Yeah, you were shooting in Mumbai. I was filming. I was in London with the kids. Yeah, no, I the kids were with, with your mom and dad. Yeah, the kids were in India with me. I was lucky. I was due to shoot in Mumbai the next day, believe it or not, and our shoot got called off, so we went back to Bangalore. So it was very lucky. But then you were again, as you're saying, you were here. We were there. And when I, whenever I was in Mumbai, I used to actually go to the Leopold Cafe. Yeah. Where, you know. Yeah, you say that Leopold and Mondega and even the Taj. Places, yeah. Because, you you know, you used to hang around in that part of oh, Sobo, South the, Bombay, as the, they say. The Kulaba area. Yeah, yeah. So that was crazy as well. Yeah. So it was, I think, a sobering moment for us to see when a certain amount of time has passed after a tragedy like this, a global tragedy like this, you know, that's when you have enough time to reflect on what happened. That is when I know that people have spoken about this, but, you know, your first thoughts go out to the victims, to the families of the victims, and then you think about the phenomenally brave people who work in the emergency services. As they say, that when something like this happens, most people run away from terror, we run towards it because we have to go and save, you know, so the New York firefighters, I think became everyone's superheroes because they were going into a, almost like going into a war zone, knowing that they may not, they will be, they could well be crushed under the debris and they may not make it back. But it is your duty and you have to do it. So I think 9/11. I think one of the reasons we're actually reminiscing and talking about this is because we just yesterday started watching this um, Amazon Prime Mumbai Diaries, Mumbai Diaries, hmm. which is kind of brought back a few memories. Which is about the attack you, s- you yeah. mentioned, uh, 2008, 2008, November 2008. Yeah. So on that sober note, I think it's uh, time to bid uh, everyone farewell. Bid you farewell, farewell. So long, adieu. farewell. Off we didn't say send goodbye for another two weeks. I'm sorry I mentioned it now. Yeah. Please. Because we're going to have to watch Sound of Music all over again. That is right. Well, I think on that note, we should say goodbye. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye.